Okay, welcome back to Healthspan. This is Michael. On this week's episode, I will be discussing The Blue Zones by Dan Buettner. But before I begin, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to please leave a review. And I'll go ahead and leave my Instagram in the episode description if you want to leave me a comment or any suggestions. So if you're into the field of health and aging, you've definitely heard of the term blue zones. Blue zones are these areas in the world where we have the highest amount of centenarians. These are the five healthiest corners of the globe where a remarkably high rate of the longest living people manage to avoid many of the diseases that kill Americans. These are places where people enjoy up to three times better chance of reaching 100 years old than we do. In each of these blue zones, Dan Buettner and his colleagues developed in collaboration with the National Institute of Aging to identify lifestyle components that help explain these areas' longevity. So what these inhabitants choose to eat, how much physical activity they get, how they socialize, what traditional medicines they use, and so forth. Dan Buettner was looking for these common denominators, these practices that all five of these populations have in common, and he came up with this cross-cultural distillation of the best practices of health, this sort of de facto formula for longevity. And when we t- when taken together, the Blue Zones yielded nine total powerful lessons to help achieve a longer, better life. So you may have heard the term Blue Zones, but you're probably not familiar of how that term came about. So this term was actually coined by a man named Dr. Michael Pollan. And I'm going to go ahead and read this description of how the term actually came about. And it came about in Sardinia. So three months later, Poland returned to Sardinia for the first of 10 visits to check more records and interview centenarians. He visited 40 municipalities to establish something called the Extreme Longevity Index. This index considered birth and death records of all centenarians born between 1880 and 1900. Little by little, he realized that this region had a phenomenally high index. As he zeroed in on the municipalities that had the greatest number of long-lived people, he circled the area on a map with blue ink, giving rise to the term blue zones, which was later adopted by demographers. So this term really came about by a guy circling areas in the map with blue ink. That is how the term blue zones came about. I I actually didn't know that until now. So I thought it was kind of an interesting interesting, uh, fact about how that term came about. So this entire episode is going to be devoted to the Sardinian blue zones. So Sardinia, Italy. This is one of the blue zones. And some facts about Sardinia. It's part of Italy. It's located about 120 miles west of mainland Italy. And it has about 1.6 million people in its population. Now, something else to know about Sardinia before I talk about these anecdotal stories is that the Sardinian lifestyle in these blue zones hasn't really changed much since the time of Christ. So they've been so isolated that they really had kind of this less pressure to adapt to society. And the people there maintained not only all their genetic features, but also their economic isolation and traditional social values, as well as respect for their elders as a source of experience and also the importance of a family clan and the presence of unwritten laws, so all of which proved to be effective means for avoiding foreign domination over the centuries. So this self-isolation kind of played a role in, in kind of keeping them away from 
you know, foreigners and kind of developing this genetic incubator of sorts. So they're able to amplify certain traits and also subdue others. So he gives an example in here how uh, their isolation can help potentially, you know, make them healthier. So some preliminary genetic studies, for example, seem to show that the red blood cells of a, of a usually high proportion of blue zone centenarians are smaller than normal, providing both a resistance to malaria and a lesser chance of dangerous blood clots. So that's just one example of many of how their genetic incubation and isolation kind of help them live a little longer than than uh, people in other regions of the world. Now, one thing, before I talk more, one thing I noticed about this book is that there's a lot less science and mechanisms described in this book when compared to the other books I've already talked about. Uh, but there's a lot more anecdotes in this book which also have a great value. So anecdotes, they're not very scientifically based, but if you get enough anecdotes, especially when it comes to people living longer and healthier lives, then we know this has some great value. So this book is definitely told a lot more like a story and less about these hard, cold, hard, cold facts. So we can start looking at these genes. Could it possibly be in the genes? Well, one of these scientists, Dr. Gianna Pez, the scientist who first delivered the Blue Zone data to the demographers, she kind of thought that that the environment and lifestyle might be more of an important factor than the genetics when it can't, when it comes to the longevity of Sardinians. So this person, Dr. Gianna state, Pess, states that, consider, for instance, the genes of inflammation. We expected to find something interesting in Sardinian DNA. We studied several ten, uh, tens of gene variants related to inflammation, but we didn't find any evidence of their role in survival of Sardinians. The same for genes related to cancer and those related to cardiovascular disease. I suspect that the characteristics of the environment, the lifestyle, and the food are by far more important for a healthy life. So when we're doing gene studies, they saw that in this population, they didn't have any sorts of special genes that helped them with inflammation or cancer or cardiovascular disease, but their lifestyle, the food they eat, and the environment, this potentially is a possible reason why these people are living so long. And eventually, Dan Buettner and some of his colleagues, David McLean, who is a photographer, and also uh, a few other people, Marissa, Gianna Luca, they finally head out to the coast for Sardinian's Blue Zones. So they leave off on their journey, and their plan was to track down as many as the as a dozen Blue Zone centenarians. So one thing they noticed as they were walking down the streets was on the tavern walls, instead of having posters of bikinied women or fast cars, you'd often see calendars featuring the centenarian of the month. So this is a common thing we're gonna, I'm going to keep talking about was is the, the respect for elders and the respect for centenarians in Sardinia and how this differs a lot compared to the U.S. So... During the first week, Dan Buner and his colleagues met 17 centenarians, eight of them men and nine of them women. And they kind of talked about their lives and how how their kind of their lives unfolded with uh, daily and seasonal routines and exactly what they did. So we're starting out with David meeting a hundred David and Dan Buner meeting a 102 year old 
uh, Giuseppe Mura is this person's name. And Giuseppe had worked steadily. So Giuseppe is this man, and he had worked steadily for his whole life, first as a farmer and then as a shepherd. So he'd usually put in a plotting 16 hours a day tilling the land or following his sheep into pasture. So this is, I'm going to get into it more, but this is a common feature with all these centenarians is that they have a lot of activity throughout the day, this low level physical activity all throughout the day. So 16 hours a day, this guy was working in the fields and working with his sheep in the, in the pasture. As far as his diet, Giuseppe's diet consisted largely of fava beans, pecorino cheese, bread, and meat as he could afford it, which was rarely in the early days. So Maria, his wife, estimated that her father drank a liter of Sardinian wine every day of his adult life, and more during festivals. So as far as the backstory, we're trying to ask if anything happened in his upbringing. So Giuseppe was raised by this single mother, and his father got his mother pregnant and then went off to war. And when he returned, he took up with another woman and soon got her pregnant as well. So Giuseppe was kind of raised without a father. And as the years went by, uh, there was it, it came to realize that Giuseppe had a half-brother, uh, this, the, the other woman that his father impregnated. And this man was named uh, Raymond, Raimondo Arca. And they didn't know each other until like the first until like 17 years later. So what happened was Giuseppe and Raimondo, they did this, they were playing this game of elimination that they play in, in Sardinia. And it's like this sort of fist fight. Uh, you know, he didn't describe it too well, but it's this kind of fist fight game. And what they kind of realized was uh, Raimondo and Giuseppe, what happened was the secret was out. And once they, once they learned that they were brothers, they remain friends ever since. And he puts here, in fact, Raimondo is still alive and lives right down the street. So the whole village ended up celebrating when the two of them turned 100 years, of, 100 years old two, two years ago. So both of them are 102 years old. Now, I talked about this story mainly because we have two men of the same family who are both living over 100 years old. So Dan Buettner puts here, David and I looked at each other, other slack-jawed. In the United States, only about one male in 20,000 reaches age of 100. The chances that they would be two centenarians in the same family is astronomically unlikely. Unless, of course, their father passed down an extraordinary, extraordinary set of genes to both of his sons. So it's very rare that... You know, a man is living over two, over a hundred, uh, about one in two thousand. But here we have two men, brothers, who are living over the age of a hundred. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So, moving on to the next kind of person, Dan interviews. He realized that if he wanted to get a sense of the authentic Sardinian lifestyle, he needed to spend time with some younger younger people, who was who were still kind of working and living in a traditional way. So, I mean, relative younger. So the next person they talked to was this 75-year-old shepherd who lived in a village that's 3,000 years old. And his name was Tonino Tola. 
So they next talk to Tonina. So the next day, they go and meet this guy at 9.45 a.m. Tonina had already been up since 4 in the morning. He had already pastured his sheep, cut wood, trimmed olive trees, fed his cows, and eviscerated an 18-month-old cow that is now hanging. So this guy had already been up since 4 a.m., doing all that stuff and again this is goes back into one of the common themes about low level physical activity throughout the day so um this guy he's 75 again and he's he's already doing all this all this stuff so he's in great shape so again we talk more about tonino and his lifestyle his wife states that tonino loves to work from early morning to late night and he and then she puts look at him He's aching to get back to butchering the cows right now. So when their when their family was young in the 1950s, they were very poor. Tonino's family, they had just produced what was on their land. So bread, cheese, vegetables, and meat was only bet like about weekly, um, you know, a weekly affair. It wasn't eaten every single day. And one thing about the wine here, I need to mention Sardinian wine. So this is kind of where we get uh, a little scientific. So he put about the wine in Sardinia. The region's Cannanoa grapes endured the harsh Sardinian sun by producing more red pigment to protect from the UV rays. So these grapes traditionally were allowed to macerate longer than any other part of the island during winemaking. And the result was a red wine with two or three times the level of artery scrubbing flavonoids than other wines. So if you listen to my podcast about uh, David Sinclair's lifespan, why we age and why we don't have to, I mentioned this term called xenohormesis, where essentially eating f- eating foods and vegetables that are stressed kind of helps our defense mechanisms as well. So by these grapes enduring harsh suns, they're able to produce more pigments to protect from the UV light and eventually they have more flavonoids, which are more beneficial to us. So again, this is the process we call xenohormesis. Now, as far as their goat's milk and mastic oil, uh, these may be two Sardinian uh, secrets that kind of uh, take part in their longevity. So this goat's milk, um, they put here, goat's milk and mastic oil may be Sardinian's other two longevity elixirs. Research at the University of Cesare is looking at the question of whether protein and fatty acids in Sardinian gold milk may help protect people from typical diseases of aging, such as atherosclerosis and Alzheimer's disease. So, again, maybe this is a, another part of their secret. And back in Tonino's house, they, again, sat down for more glasses of wine and... Almost every day for the past 70 years, he had walked or ridden his donkey a five-mile journey to tend his sheep on his family's mountaintop pasture. So this guy was moving. This guy was constantly like low-level moving, taking care of sheep and farming. And and again, common theme in the Blue Zones. Now, I kind of want a tradition from or transition from this this lifestyle of exercise and go on to the power of loving so one thing dan really noticed in the blue zone of sardinia was people here possessed a reverence for family so all the centenarians dan had met told him that 
La Familia was the most important thing in their lives. It was their purpose in life was their family. And this this you know this is not common in the US. So in the in Sardinia there's a combination of family duty, community pressure and genuine affection for elders which kept centenarians with their families until death. And again, usually in the United States like our grandparents they turn 80, 85 and then we just kind of put them in a nursing home. But here in Sardinia, it was so rare for people to leave their family. Like almost every single person Dan Buettner interviewed, they were with their family, taking care of their family. And this next story about a 102-year-old lady Maria Angelica Sale was, you know, it's a is a perfect example. So Dan was talking to the daughter and he asked his daughter Pietrina how her mother had managed to live so long and she gave me a one-word answer grandchildren it's about loving and being loved so Dan Buettner puts here it would be hard to overestimate the importance of family in the blue zones according to Dr. Luca Diana who had studied centenarians for more than a decade some 95% of those who lived to 100 in Barbagia, which is an area in Sardinia, do so because they have a daughter or granddaughter to take care for them. So again, this sort of family value, uh, the respect for elders, the taking care of these elders, which we don't see in the United States. Now, what is it about these men in Sardinia? So normally, women tend to live a lot, a little longer on average, but in the blue zones, forty-seven men were men. And 44 were women who lived past the age of 100 from the years 1880 to 1900. So this, um, one of the hypotheses from a physician, he stated that there's a strong will, high self-esteem and great stubbornness in all these Sardinian men. This is a common theme among Sardinian men is that they are hardworking, strong-willed and, you know, just extremely stubborn, which may explain their success in surviving unfavorable circumstances so we're going to move a little bit forward and i'm going to speak about how dan buner kind of ends off this passage with sardinia so dan buner puts for me sardinia's most important longevity secret lies in the unique outlook and perspective of its people their hardship temper tempered sense of humor which may seem caustic and and you know to the outsiders help them shed stress and diffuse feuds before they start so that that was what Dan Buettner thought was the most important longevity secret in Sardinia now at the end of every section at the end of every blue zone Dan Buettner kind of summarizes lessons that he he took from these blue zones so to live like a Sardinian centenarian try to follow these following practices so first off in, in terms of diet, eat a lean, plant-based diet accented with some meat. So the classic Sardinian diet consisted of whole grain bread, beans, garden vegetables, fruits, and in some part of the islands, mastic oil. Sardinians also traditionally eat pecorino cheese made from grass-fed sheep, whose cheese is high in omega-3 fatty acids. Meat is largely reserved for Sundays and also special occasions. So that's the first tip. Eat a lean, plant-based diet accented with meat. Now, secondly, is put family first. Sardinian strong family values help to ensure that every member of their family is cared for. 
People who live in strong, healthy families suffer lower rates of depression, suicide, and stress. Now the third tip, drink goat's milk. A glass of goat's milk milk contains components that might help protect against inflammatory diseases of aging, such as heart disease and also Alzheimer's. Fourth tip, celebrate your elders. Grandparents can provide love, childcare, financial help, wisdom, and expectations slash motivations to perpetuate traditions and push children to succeed in their own lives. This may all add up to healthier, better adjusted, and longer-lived children. It may give the overall population a life expectancy bump. Now, so that's the first four. Number five, take a walk. Walking five miles a day or more, as Sardinian shepherds do, provides all the cardiovascular benefits you might expect and also has a positive effect on muscle and bone metabolism without the joint pounding of, the, of running marathons or triathlons. Now, second to last, drink a glass of, or two of red wine daily. So these people I talked about, Tonino, Sebastino, and Giovanni, all drink wine moderately. Cannonole wine has two or three times the level of artery scrubbing flavonoids as other wines. Moderate wine consumption may help explain the lower levels of stress among men. Now, finally, the last tip is laugh with friends. So men in the blue zones are famous for their sardonic sense of humor. And I think this is even where the term Sardinia came from, is this, or sardonic came from, is Sardinia. So men in the blue zones are famous for their sardonic sense of humor. They gather in the streets each afternoon to laugh with and at each other. Laughter reduces stress, which can lower one's risk of cardiovascular disease. So those are the tips that Dan Buhner gives. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seven tips that Dan Buhner gives in Sardinia. These the the secret, the anecdotal stories of how there's this blue zone came about. So I'm gonna end it here, and next week I'm gonna be talking about the blue zone in Okinawa, and also an American blue zones, and one American blue zone. So again, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, I'll go ahead and leave my Instagram in the episode description. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you learned something and make sure to tune in next week to learn what the people in Okinawa do and also what people do in an American blue zone. Thanks for listening.